0: After. Episode 4. I'm exhausted and overwhelmed, but content. I can see what I have to do and how difficult it will be, but it's no longer a choice. Because I'm not alone anymore. Me has become we, and even though I'm now responsible for both of us, the weight on me seems halved, not doubled. It took a child's resilience to remind me just how much we can take. Humans have a great capacity for change, and will to persevere. I found mine when I found Beth. I ended up taking my own car on my trip to the homes of my loved ones. Familiarity and all that. My first stop was at the gas station, but I don't, I don't know what I thought I was doing. The pumps don't work. There's just so much that I took for granted. These almost knee-jerk reactions. Things that have been readily available my whole life. I continue to turn on the tap for water, and each time I'm surprised when none comes out. But with the gas... I had enough in my tank to make my rounds, but eventually, if I want to keep driving, I'll have to figure out how to get gas in the car. I've seen movies and TV shows where people suck on long tubes to get gas siphoned out of a container, but I don't know if that actually works. And honestly, I'm not looking forward to trying. But I drove on silent streets, cars parked in oddly orderly fashion next to the curb. you think a wave of illness and staggering casualty numbers would cause people to panic or riot, but... It's more like a ghost town. Maybe everybody got too sick too fast. Went to work on a normal day. Came home and died in the night? I don't know. But all the houses I pass, they were empty of life. Those with and without caution tape. I got to my brother's condo complex and I had my kit with me. Bandana, gloves, flashlight. I stood at the main entrance for a long time not out of dread but stupidity it's got a security door all the residents have a key but i don't what was i thinking to do buzz my brother's unit well that's what i tried there was no sound i looked up and the emergency safety lighting on the side of the building wasn't on either he thought about just yelling or throwing rocks up at his window, but instead I took a brick from the flower bed edging and threw it through the door window. Can I just say, so satisfying. I managed to thread my arm through the hole and turn the knob from inside without cutting myself on the broken glass. I didn't really notice at first because I was breathing through my bandana, but As I made my way further down the hall, a horrible smell was getting stronger. How is it that I could identify exactly what that smell was even though I've never smelled it before? I pretty much ran to my brother's door. I banged at the door while holding my breath. I knew I had to get inside to find whatever there was to find, so I psyched myself up to take a deep inhale of the foul air. It didn't work on my first kick, but the third kick did it. The door swung open. My brother's condo stunk. Not decomposition stink, though, just moldy food, stale air, and An odor I identify with memories of his hockey games in high school. I was so happy to inhale that gross boy smell. I called out I went room to room, but he wasn't there. Neither was his phone or his wallet. I was relieved, but also kind of annoyed. I didn't really expect to find him there, at least not alive, but to find nothing was kind of anticlimactic. I I left a note, though, just, hey, I was here, I hope you're okay, come find me at the house. My aunt and uncle were also not at their house. Tracks on their living room carpet and a sterile bag that looked like it was from a needle or IV made me think paramedics took one or both of them away. My other aunt was in her bed. I saw the lump of covers and that smell that told me she was gone. I was halfway out of the house when I turned back around. I don't I didn't have a morbid curiosity but I had to look. There's really no one else it could have been but I didn't I don't I don't know. If I didn't identify her I would always wonder. I covered her back up with her duvet. I left the house and and looked at the front door. It didn't feel like enough just to tuck her in. I pulled out a big marker and I drew a cross on the front door. I wrote her name. You know, I can't even figure out what year she was born. And since I'm being honest, I don't remember if her birthday was April 12th or April 14th. I guess I could have looked for her ID, but I I didn't want to go back in the house. What a terrible niece. I decided to go break into a grocery store to let off some steam and get some lunch. You see, I've firmly decided that it's not looting now. Scavenging. Still, I looked around me surreptitiously as I approached the store. Although I didn't need to break in, it was open. Just a push of the door. it was well stocked in there. The fruit was looking sad and the bread needed replenishing, but it was orderly and organized. It's almost more eerie that way than if it had been ransacked. I grabbed a bag and I took some cans of soup and granola bars, crackers and chips, I ate sour cream and onion chips with room-temperature cola in my car. I sat in that grocery store parking lot and looked at all the places around me. Stores, houses, schools, offices, all abandoned. I think one day I'd like to explore. Maybe once decomp has gotten further along. Also give time for things to settle down. Like if anyone's out there. I don't want to be in their house when they come back from their cabin. I went to the next house on my list. And the next. I was getting efficient. Ruthless, almost. No. Not ruthless, but... Distant. I was observing, comprehending, and processing, but not feeling. Somewhere in my mind, I knew those feelings would catch up to me, but it served efficiency to be clinical in my search. I got to my cousin's house, and I broke in again. I walked into the stuffy entrance. There was a smell one that made my heart sink. It wasn't very strong. Or, rather, there was a stronger smell overpowering it. I didn't know if it was rotting food or animal feces or what, but I ventured cautiously into the house. I was more tense here than I'd been at my brother's. Something was off. And then something moved. I heard it upstairs and I yelled out. More to desensitize myself from the silence than out of any expectation that someone would hear me. I called out. I talked out loud to myself all the way up the stairs. On the landing, I paused, and something whimpered in the bathroom. I headed towards it, glancing in the master bedroom as I passed. The bed was occupied. I... yeah. My cousin and his wife, they were... they were gone. I, I noted this without really registering it, and I threw open the bathroom door. Something cried out. Something sobbed and yelled. Have you ever experienced the joining of heartbreak and elation? Her little cry stabbed me right in the chest. And my cry was more Shout of joy, or maybe agony, and I shone my light into the room. Beth was curled up in the bathtub. I don't even remember crossing the space between us, but I had her in my arms and oh, I probably hurt her. I held on to her so tight. All that feeling caught up to me at once. I just kept telling her it was me and that it was okay. I said her name over and over and over and I know I knew she knew me when she hugged me back. She wrapped her skinny little legs around my waist and I just hugged her and we sobbed I think you could even say hysterically. Oh, she was she was covered in I don't really know what but I didn't ask. I just held her. She'd been sick. She was shaking. The first thing she said was, Mom, and I just said, I know, I know. Once her breathing calmed down, I carried her to her bedroom, and I asked her to please pick out some clothes to change into. I left her and checked every... Everyone else. They'd passed. She must have been alone in there for days. Worse. Six years old, and she managed to find food and water. She was filthy, she was scared, and she was alive. I came back to help her pull a nightshirt over her head. Hey, if she wants to wear pajamas for the rest of her life, she's welcome to do it. I looked at her, and I told her she was coming to my house. I told her we were staying together. We packed a small bag of her things, and I took her straight outside. I don't know what I was sheltering her from. She was alone with her parents' dead bodies for days. That's gotta mess her up. Did she even understand at first what was happening? Maybe it's good that she's a little kid. Maybe it didn't disturb her as much if she didn't understand. I stopped outside the door and I pulled out my marker. I don't know, maybe it seems harsh, but I wrote her parents' names on the door, under a cross. She looked up at it. You got sick, didn't you? All of you? You, Mommy and Daddy? She nodded, and I told it to her straight. Mom and Dad died, sweetie. They went up to heaven. You got better, but they didn't. She bent her tiny head. Man, it really does sound harsh now. But I saw what she went through, and nothing could be harsher than that. We drove back to my house in silence. Beth's eyes were glued out the window, like she'd never seen outside before. We got to the house and I built my first post-humanity bonfire. I boiled some water over it and effectively ruined the stockpot my in-laws gave us for our wedding shower, but it was worth it. I made Beth a warm little bird bath in the kitchen sink. They hadn't spoken since leaving her house. At this point, it kind of felt like I messed up, rushing her out of there and being so blunt about what happened. I was washing her hair when she said uh, they went to sleep and didn't wake up. She was so quiet, I almost didn't hear her. Mom and Dad, I asked she gave her little nod did you get sick too another little nod i barfed she she actually looked a little embarrassed i barfed too i told her lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and then lots more i pulled a face that earned me a small smile After her bath, we just sat together. I'm sure she has questions, but I'm going to wait for her to ask them when she's ready. I'll tell her anything she wants to know. You know, for a kid who was too grown up and cool to hold my hand at the zoo this spring, she didn't let go till she fell asleep. She's here beside me now. Man, this kid. I love this kid. Does your mind ever jump to the most inappropriate thought randomly? Mine just remembered being in the doctor's office with my husband. Being told what our options were if we wanted to be parents. It wasn't happening for us, so we were trying to decide what we were putting money aside for medical bills for fertility or legal fees for adoption. I remember telling him I didn't want to do either just yet. Whatever happened would happen. (laughs) What a roundabout way to become a parent. See? Inappropriate. (laughs) We're not going to stay here. We will find a place. I already have ideas. But this house is from a life that I lost. My husband, any children we may have had, any life we may have lived, it's not happening now. And the life that we'd built here, it belongs to another world. I'll lock the house. It'll become a memorial, much like Beth's house. But instead of a grave, it will be a museum of sorts. A monument to the life that I lost when I didn't die.